0: it is crazy once you step away from it to see like how inundated our society is with uh, mm-hmm. alcohol, man. Cause you don't really notice it when you're in it. you just think like, Oh yeah, it's casual. And then you step away and you're like, man, like that is just like an everyday thing. And, but you know, the difference was, and I always talked with my sponsor about this when I got sober because I was living in um, DC at Catholic university before I got sober and mm-hmm. I had a job at some you know small boutique speakers bureau marketing firm out there and um it uh you know i told him after i got sober i was like you know i don't understand like if i'm an alcoholic and so is everybody in washington dc because they go out every day after work mm-hmm. to happy iron and just get drunk and then you know blah blah and then he nicely reminded me he goes yeah but hans they get up and go to work the next day you would call out of work just to keep mm-hmm. drinking i was like oh, yeah a good point <laughs> yeah yeah i can't avoid that reality um my name is
1: Dooley, and you're listening to the real you thoughts ideas and perspectives from the ordinary in all of us how's everything been with i know it's startup rebates and everything but you mentioned shifting um a little bit mm-hmm. of your focus on some stuff like where where are you on your current current journey with the startup world <laughs> and think and just really in the thick of it right now. So we, yeah, with startup rebates,
0: it's still going. It's taken a little bit of a backseat um, just with the launch of Startup Networks uh, a couple of weeks back. Um, and so for that, uh, that platform, it is hopefully going to be able to solve the issue of a lot of like funding and also deal... Deal uh, flow management and also increasing deal flow. So, um, keeping the price point for both sides low for founders, it's free uh, for VCs, it's still extremely low compared to a lot of competitors. Um, so, anyway, that's kind of where we're at, and we're really just right doing a lot of outreach, man. So, it's everything from literally just cold outreach emails to folks who never met just letting them know hey this is what Mm -hmm. we're doing we'd love to demo it for you we feel like it could you know really help you Mm -hmm. um to going to events uh webinars i was on the one this morning um i don't know if you caught it It was to access ventures Mm -hmm. um they did about a one hour uh webinar and had Uh, so Access Ventures was on, and then also Natty Zola from Matchstick, um, a woman named Serene or Serena uh, from Kickstart Fund out in Utah, um, then a couple others anyway, but they really dove into some interesting topics for VCs and Mm -hmm. just general cultural shifts and everything uh, here in Colorado, and I really appreciated that, but I mean, that's the thing, right, for us, it's like being young and then also my background having nothing to do with tech It's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just, um, it's tough, man. It's tough to break into a new industry, especially one that's, it's not, I don't know, it's, it's weird because previous industries I've been in, one example would be energy. And like, as soon as you're in that industry with whatever company, you're, just automatically plugged into all these trade associations. And mm-hmm. so you start hitting all those meetings on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly mm-hmm. basis. And so you start to pick up like exactly the lay of the land, what's going on, who's who, what all the acronyms stand for. Yeah, you yeah. Know. So you get a real like crash course in that. And with tech, especially in Colorado, it's just it's just all over the place, right? So you're yeah. just trying to piece together everything like, oh, wait, yeah, this person is over there. They're doing this. They helped this guy over here, like on the Western Slope. And yeah, yeah so it's just really tough to just kind of get everything in one spot.
1: Yeah, and it's so fast paced to like, even if we are yeah. talking to someone and you're keeping up over the months, but all of a sudden, five months later, someone's like, oh, yeah, I'm actually on an entirely different project in a different realm now. So and it's, whoa, whoa, what's, that? what's going on? Um, oh, true, man. so, <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah,
0: you know, my little sister, she just left a company she was working with. Um, I think it was called Quit Genius. They're based out of, I want to say SF or New York, one of the two mm. big ones. Anyway, but they're uh, like series B or C uh, startup, um, and their whole goal was just to help Uh, folks like with addictions um to Mm -hmm. be able to quit like through a virtual landscape Mm -hmm. and really cool and admirable but i mean she uh, she just was like okay like i want to shift do something else and she's Mm -hmm. coming up at you know i'm 30 years old and yeah so she's now moving to a different company and Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's interesting
1: yeah so what what had you jump into the startup world as opposed to what you were doing previously and I think I know a little bit about you mentioned some stuff with like mm-hmm. politics and things like that, but um, I guess a little background on yeah, what why make the change into the startup world, like what? what um, it, what
0: it honestly, it was just more of like a a spiritual intervention, I guess you could put it. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know, it's just it, I had no say in it basically, except for you know, when the phone rang and I answered, and right. So previously, yeah, I mean, it was um, in the energy industry here in Colorado, working with a lot of, um, you know, very big, very powerful uh, firms and oil and gas companies. And I learned pretty quick that that um, it, it was a very different than what I was expecting. And so it was interesting. I learned a lot from there. Um, and then after that, I mean, it was just one thing. I was running campaigns all over Colorado for, mm-hmm. I mean, very local, uh, you know, city, county positions in, you know, northern Colorado to, you know, congressional seats down in southern Colorado.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then once pandemic hit, I mean, it was like, yeah, mid-March in 2020. Mm -hmm. And I got a call from my colleague and he was like, yeah, we're shutting down everything. (laughs) I was just like, what? He's like, yeah, we can't, literally, we can't do any more door knocking. We can't hire any more people to go and have boots Mm -hmm. on the ground and outreach and all this stuff. So I was like, all right, so that was that. And then um, honestly, it was just hanging out um, and then getting to a point where uh, finally, you know, a friend of mine called, reached out to me, and they were like, hey, do you, you we have, a, you know, we know this company is up and coming, mm-hmm. we'd love for you to at least interview with them as like an operations side, um, and partnerships, and um, this guy who I knew for a long time, I mean, he knew my background,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so I told him, I was like, I mean, you know, like, <laughs> this is not my side, right, and he was like, yeah yeah i was like okay just so you know like going into it there's no confusion um so anyway i interviewed for the company i'm at now and uh yeah like next day they reach back out and like we'd love to have you on board and i was like okay so (laughs) yeah man it's just been um challenge every day since but incredibly rewarding
1: yeah yeah what's um how has that affected like um family relationship and all that sort of stuff because i feel like Personally, as a young person right now, I have a little bit of that freedom in terms of not having to make all that money and kind of just being completely on my own. Um, If I remember, you do have a wife or do you have kids or?
0: No kids, got a wife. We got married last September and um, yeah, (laughs) she just started working for the state Um, uh, and then I have two sisters, uh, older and younger, and then an older brother too, so um, there was that, but yeah, I mean, we always, you know, joke just because, like, my older sister works for, um, for Jewel in San Francisco, and then I was working for oil and gas, so we were really covering both ends of the evil spectrum (laughs) uh, for a little bit, and um, yeah, it was just, you know, for me, it was just it was, it was weird i mean i don't know for me i guess that one i will be honest like being in oil and gas is so divisive mm-hmm. um it's one of those things where as we stand today it's a very necessary evil it's very you know one of those things where we need to have it um mm-hmm. to run everything from this podcast to mm-hmm. you know planes flying across the country and um yeah so it was the thing I really learned from that one, as much as, you know, I was personally hated in that industry from, you know, going to meetings and people and, you know, people literally following me down the street with cameras, just trying to um, aggravate me and get like some sort of response um, to just having really good friends in the industry. I mean, it was just it was bizarre, but it really taught me a lot of patience and mm-hmm. really being understanding of both sides, right? And so yeah. literally I came out of that um, that industry with a good balance and middle ground of understanding and saying like, cause I mean, you'd see the far, you know, the far right skies of oil and gas, just loving gung ho, mm-hmm. you know, and we're gonna do everything we can to keep oil and gas industry alive. And then you have the far left and, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of folks who think we should go solar and wind tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so it's like really just trying to get them like to meet the middle. like, okay, look, you both have valid points, but like let's look at what's actually realistic. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. and what we can actually do. Cause mm-hmm. when you plug your electric car into the wall, that energy does not come from the sun and wind right now. It's coming mm-hmm. from oil and gas. So yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. we need to be able to bridge that and get to a point where we have infrastructure.
1: just not at a point where we can do that yeah i feel like that's a huge also kind of like misunderstanding or misconception also like basically i mean the electric vehicle thing's a great example and i can't too deeply on it but how um it's pointing such in the right direction i think of okay what if we can have this world where we can operate in a more you know start mitigating the need for gas and all that but at the same time it's it can be almost this marketing play. Like you see all the other car dealers and places, uh, um, following after Tesla and it kind of seems, mm-hmm. Oh, it's finally happening, but there's still this underlying, like, well, wait, is that. <laughs> yeah. Is
0: that so, the yeah. Where are, like are we getting
1: that energy from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that just shifting the issue to a new yeah. way that it gets consumed under this like market? Yeah. Play? It's more of like a tangential, like, um,
0: solve that they've that they've done with cars is like yeah it's a great step but you're still like missing the underlying issue
1: mm-hmm.
0: what we really need to do is to really mitigate the you know the issues around carbon emissions and mm-hmm. methane emissions and until we get to that point like i'd say it but like electric cars are not going to solve anything long term
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah so did you, did you anyway, um, so, oh yeah go No, no, go ahead. Did you find, because I'm just curious, I've never actually met someone really, I mean, maybe I have, but just haven't actually talked to someone about working in sort of that industry and maybe some stuff you'd seen, like, from the outside, I think you get this hyper evil picture Mm -hmm. of some whatever executives at a board thinking like, profit, profit, how do we just pump out as much gas? What was your (laughs) sort of understanding of where people made decisions based on profit motives versus necessity versus okay how do we actually start you know we're not just an oil company we're an energy company and is that just bullshit on the front or did you see people actually like deeply pushing for that i guess what's your sort of yeah that's a good question
0: it really covers everything because i mean there really isn't just one one angle and Mm -hmm. that's what i learned is like you have people who genuinely care about the environment and about the people um, who work in oil and gas and then you have the other end of the spectrum too of people mm-hmm. in oil and gas who yeah legitimately what you're talking about like mm-hmm. just don't care just you know drill as much as you can and pump out as much as you can mm-hmm. and just get as much profit um so it was really interesting to see that dichotomy between those personalities all mm-hmm. in one industry mm-hmm. um I would say though the ones that I sided with the most were the ones who were the boots on the ground doing the community outreach and really mm-hmm. trying to create like resolve around issues mm-hmm. uh, that came up. So that's kind of where my my place was within oil and gas, and mm-hmm. I think I just kind of gravitated there naturally, just with my my background, my my sense of being, and um, and being from Colorado, like. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I was born in Salt Lake City, Utah, but I mean, we moved here when I was about hmm, like three years old. Yeah. So yeah. as far as my memory serves, I'm a native. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's one of those things like, look, like, yeah, I understand the energy need, but we also need to be able to make sure we take care of our own community, our own neighbors around Colorado and our, and our land here at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there really are like good, eh, there really are, there are companies <laughs> out there. I'm not going to say good companies are great, but there are companies out there, you know, I guess, who really are focusing on trying to uh, reduce a lot of carbon emissions and um, implementing new tech and um, carbon capture yeah. um, to be able to help facilitate the need of, you know, the demand of people in the US, right? Yeah. And so it is a tough line for them to walk to because, like, I get it. It's like they're, they're the ones supplying all the energy we need and then they're also the most hated and it's mm-hmm. just like what do you do you know yeah. it's just such a weird position being so um what
1: what brought you to personally like kind of close the door on that was it just sort of a distaste for the industry like your just personal job or like even before the startup kind of when you were mentioned doing more boots in the ground stuff with some politics or things around here like yeah why like why personally leave basically
0: i mean to be honest like (laughs) my experience at one of the firms i worked with in that industry i just did not get along well with Mm -hmm. and um i was really happy uh once that ended Mm -hmm. and (laughs) it's where you know i legitimately was trying my best at the position just was constantly butting heads with, um, upper management. And it, when we finally parted ways, you know, it was just this huge sense of relief that came over me. I was just, I wasn't mad. I was just so happy. I was like, thank you. Cause have been wanting to get out of it and go to somewhere else, um, industry wise
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just kept running into wall after wall. And it was just yeah. really difficult. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of those things where, it's just, um, it's just you know, I got to that point, and then, I don't know man, it was really, again, it's just that that spiritual side of it. there's so many times when um, you know, I don't know, I mean, for me, I think I may have told you, but I'm over eleven years sober and clean now, and it's one of those things where there's a lot of, the, the main saying they use like in a lot of 12-step programs is like, is it odd or is it God? And it's one of those things where for me, it really was like the spiritual like intervention. And in it. it was just saying like, it looked like you're trying to get out, you're doing everything you can, it's, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, you just keep running into a wall. So, you know, the universe was just like, all right, let's, let's shift this. It's not going to look the way you want it to look. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we'll get you and put you somewhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. And so at that point I was just so ready to move that I just was completely happy. And like I said, just relieved at that point.
1: Yeah. 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 It's kind of this, like weight off the shoulders in a way. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, even if you're comfortable going into that too, a little bit, like I've had some friends personally go through um, some you know, with, whether it be drug addiction or some certain programs in there, um, how was that kind of like, like even practices or or journey kind of from that place where you were before coming out of that, like, how, how has that been? And now it's, I guess, been years at this point, but, um, Mm I don't know, I guess, what's a little bit of your journey through, through that, like, did it make you more spiritual? Was that, um, Do you mean just purely in the recovery
0: sense, like through programming and all that?
1: I guess I guess both. Um or I just both don't think have a, uh, uh more more I guess recovery and spiritual side of stuff. I feel like maybe you, or yeah, maybe you, whatever whatever comes to your mind, essentially I just don't I haven't really sure. talked to people about it before.
0: Yeah, no, hey, I can talk you know, uh, <laughs> on end about
1: that one because
0: it's a, such a huge part of my life. Um I mean it's one of those things where I don't necessarily ever hide that i'm in recovery but i also don't like you know throw it into just a random combo it's only like once i've been at a point where i'm comfortable with somebody and then if there's a point where i feel like it's you know poignant for me to bring it up i will Mm -hmm. um yeah i never hide it because like you said you've had friends um or folks you know who've gone through that and it's shocking how many times i'll mention something and then um either, you know, in that same conversation or a day later or a year or two, three years later, someone will, that person will reach back out to me and be like, hey, so, you know, my sister or my mm-hmm. brother or my friend or myself and going through some stuff and just would love to pick your brain up, you know, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. happy to help. Um, so for me, I mean, it was one of those things where I you know, I was a, have a very nice uh, background of German heritage and alcoholic uh, DNA running through me. So (laughs) there was really no avoiding it, unfortunately, (laughs) but it just uh, kicked off when I was about 16. And then I was out for about eight years um, doing that. And then it was 20, when I was 24 is when I finally got sober. Mm. And so, I mean, it was just one of those things where you know, it just got to a point where it was just too difficult to keep running that same race anymore. And I finally just kind of acquiesced and I just had had enough. Mm -hmm. And so, um, luckily I had, um, or have a brother who's in the program too, and he was in before me. And so he was like, "Hey, if you want to go to, you know, an A meeting, uh, you know, and this was right after I would just gotten out of, um, Arapahoe County Jail for uh, getting uh, thrown in there so they yeah yeah, they let me out I just didn't want to face my parents at home because I was living at home at the time and so my brother's like hey let's go to a meeting I was like yeah please just anything not to face my mom and dad right now would be great so that's where it started honestly and then ever since then I just stuck with it and Mm -hmm. never looked back um, just because it was such a oh such a shit show man. it was just tiring
1: yeah um, yeah yeah yeah. so there's something too i don't know if it's too kind of personal stuff but a little bit something i wonder about because we even talk about it with with my friends too about how habitual um drinking has just become socially among not just our group but everyone we know including myself like yeah one thing to go out and um, maybe have like extremely reckless uh, behavior from it but then also, there's kind of the underlying like cultural standard that it's like really hard for us to go like the weekdays without drinking. Even that's like a little yeah. like thing we've been doing with our roommates, um, where it's like, okay, let's just like Monday through Thursday, can we like not drink this week? And then even then, something comes up, and it's like, ah, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's not even like so... uh, I guess I'm just kind of wondering, like. Uh, did is that something like familiar like did it seem like it got like really kind of more on the reckless side or just something yeah. like i'm even keeping an eye on you know, knowing it kind of runs in some of my past family and stuff like that
0: yeah no i mean it's a good point and the one thing i'll say though about the cultural side of it and social side of it it is it is crazy once you step away from it to see like how inundated our society is with mm-hmm. uh, alcohol. <laughs> man. Cause you don't really notice it when you're in it. you just think like, oh yeah, it's casual. And then you step away and you're like, man, like that is just like an everyday thing. And, but you know, the difference was, and I always talked with my sponsor about this when I got sober, cause I was living in um, DC at Catholic university before I got sober. And mm-hmm. I had a job at some, you know, small boutique speakers, bureau, marketing firm out there. And, um, it, uh, you know, I told him after I got sober, I was like, you know, I don't understand, like if I'm an alcoholic then so is everybody in Washington, DC, because they go out every day after work mm-hmm. to happy hour and just get drunk. And then, you know, blah, blah. And then he nicely reminded me, he goes, yeah, but Hans, they get up and go to work the next day. You would call out of work just to keep Mm -hmm. drinking. I was like, ah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Yeah, I can't avoid that reality. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, for me now, like, it never was a struggle going out um, into any social function after getting sober and still isn't today. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. never like any issue. And I think the other big one, too, that a lot of people who do struggle with addiction and alcoholism is that they think, you know, they're going to be pressured or Mm -hmm. they're going to feel, you know, awkward or anything like that. Honestly, like never, Mm -hmm. never have I ever felt that in the 11 years I've been clean, sober, um, going out to functions and I don't shy away from it either. Like I'm Mm -hmm. constantly trying to find great networking events to meet people at to socialize um going out with friends uh to concerts um mm-hmm. you know things like that but it's just you get to that point where you have such like a, a strong spiritual background that you just mm-hmm. are like yeah that's that's fine they can do that we know we can't so we're okay we'll be yeah, fine yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. there's no problem with that um but you know yeah, as far as you're yeah. saying like with trying to tone it down during a weekday i mean <laughs> dude i mean honestly like you're nowhere, you're nowhere near to where the point i feel like I, was at. So, I mean if you're you know going through a fifth of jack a night and uh you know then you might realize like okay might have a problem man <laughs> but yeah. yeah i mean that was the difference right it's like the saying that they haven't is like um i forget this one it's like um oh yeah one drink is too many and a thousand isn't enough and that's mm-hmm. the way that we put it because once we pick up we just never put it down again yeah um, until something just so catastrophic happens
1: mm-hmm. um
0: so yeah i think it's a i think you're okay <laughs> yeah.
1: well no it's still a balance though, because you know you can you can yeah. usually fall into stuff like sometimes it's all fine until you know it's just keeping a check on it but um right yeah and too so with with kind of the spiritual side like are you religious in in any way you mentioned catholic school stuff yeah are you catholic or are you more do you consider yourself spiritual itself or yeah
0: pretty agnostic on it i think to lean towards the most um only because i had like a cool introduction to it when i was younger and then my sponsor now is big into buddhism um that's kind of the one that i tend to lean towards the most when it comes to like any type of prayer meditation mm-hmm. um Or just like treatment of other human beings or animals in my life
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um but i mean i don't do any anything at any like temple or go to any retreats i would like to but i just really haven't um gotten big into that i mean yeah i was catholic when i was younger and um that was just but here's the thing is like i never had any qualms about it like I had a great you know kind of transition into it because like we were born um Presbyterian and Mm. then when I was about 11 my dad decided for our entire family we were gonna become convert to Catholicism Mm. we're like okay cool (laughs) we don't know um so yeah we did that went through the whole rcia program i went to catholic middle school and then a couple years at catholic high school and um even catholic college but that was just for baseball but the point was is that um i had great great teachers great priests Mm -hmm. um in that space and learned a lot and loved them and so i had none bad ever to say about it yeah yeah. I mean, you do meet some people, especially in like program, they call it like recovering Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who just had such like a tough time with it. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I can see where any religion can do that to anybody. Mm-hmm. If there's like enough pressure put onto them. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it was, it was very, very welcoming and very easy. And then like I said right now, I mean, yeah, I haven't been to like a mass in years and, mm-hmm. but I mean, I just kind of consider the program itself that I do for my sobriety kind mm-hmm. of more of like a spiritual practice, I guess, yeah. in a sense, because it just, it kind of covers a lot of bases that we face every day, especially like at work, like, what do you do when, you know, things aren't going your way? What do you do when, you know, you F up? What do you do when, you know, you and your colleague are button heads, you know, and yeah. it's just a lot of just understanding and patience and just being able to speak with people
1: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah, so it's well, just more like a deep practice in that sense
1: yeah yeah i, I love that kind of viewpoint on it too because some i won't get too into, into my thing with it but similar where it's almost like i have found a, a level of respect and appreciation for all different religions and that most of them mm-hmm. are coming from a place of oh no there's some sort of existence that we can't quite understand and then there's this kind of identity factor to it which is like yeah how do we live through our own abilities to bring a positive thing whether it be in some cases for some afterlife in some cases for the current existence um but the kind of themes of it are where like I connect to in that like the spiritual side is actually just the relationship with yourself so like you're saying the practices of how do I deal with adversity in this way am I getting mm-hmm. angry am I like blaming someone else or am I recognizing that maybe they're just something that wasn't aligned and like different yeah. practices like church for example I almost have a kind of a new so I used to hate it all growing up we'd oh. like do the Catholic <laughs> yeah. thing I, was, like, I mean church <laughs> yeah the one caveat I'll say is like yeah. there were
0: countless
1: Sunday masses I went to hungover. so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. so I used to just like resent it and then Kind of now, I, I, I think I've come to like a, I think having understood meditation a little more is sit like sitting in church, you're, even if you're like just completely blank out of anything, the priest or whatever saying, it is just a yeah. spot to come and <laughs> be intentional for an hour and just sit and like be. And so yeah. um, I think that too is where I kind of connect with stuff is like, no one really knows the higher power, this ultimate calling stuff. Yeah. and then everyone has their total internal yeah. life that they're living that's like spiritual religion to me it's like that balance of those things and then just the yeah. practices you can introduce to kind of bring those forward yeah no up.
0: i i agree completely and i think here's the thing like i noticed in not only like organized religions but even like within aa mm-hmm. is that um if you're going to mass or a meeting for a program or whatever daily or two or three. Or it is, here's the thing is like, yeah, you can go to there and you can sound like you're the most you know peaceful Jesus, Gandhi, Buddhist, you know, Muhammad loving, like incredible human being. But here's the thing: <laughs> then you get outside, and then I'll see people like yelling at a gas station attendant because mm-hmm. they didn't get the correct change back. And I'm like, "All right, man. Like, here's the thing: is like, yeah, you go to that meeting, that's an uh, you know an hour reprieve you have. You still have 23 hours out of the day mm-hmm. that you have to you know, like continue to practice that every yeah. day.
1: Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It doesn't
0: yeah. give you like a you know go ahead. And that was like one of the things I will say like with Catholicism that I didn't fully wrap my head around until later in life was that you know with confession and like praying the rosary and all that is like I saw it more as just like oh I can continue to be a dick and screw around and then I just confess something and then like oh everything's clean and clear mm-hmm. and I can go back to it you know and then I yeah, got to yeah. where I was like oh it's about like actually trying to be I'm a better human being. So you don't have to keep going back and saying like, I did this again, priest. You know, I'm sorry, I've sinned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah. I'm I'm totally totally with you. I think it's kind of crazy also um like how much weight there's so we've been coming up with some of these kind of questions in terms of some of the pocket change stuff we're doing and also here, but one of the questions that um popped up and i was talking with someone about it the other day was do you think religion is more unifying or divisive mm. um and <laughs> there's the side to it which is like okay there's unifying in the way it obviously brings a ton of people together and then there's like a yeah. clear divisiveness of most war or complete catastrophe of society through history has come from like
0: a religious relig- like
1: religion based mm-hmm like power dynamic and then mm-hmm. claiming that someone else is going against you but there's also a fine line in there around just the simple politics and greed of i think using religion in the name of something um, yeah or like sometimes it just ends up being that there are people who are selfish or maybe don't see the world a certain way and hence do things that to others are perceived as complete evil so um, yeah i mean i would go as
0: far as just to keep it very simple and most almost all wars are just based around like you're different and I don't like it. Yeah. 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 So we're <laughs> going to fight. And it's like, that's the dumbest reason yeah, he's,
1: yeah. he's like, right. we got, that's <laughs> yeah, crazy. I was going to say, um, we, so, uh, um, we were watching the a documentary the other day on, uh, Rash Nish, like the uh, it's called like Wild Wild Country or something, but it's basically on uh, the cult. Dude, stuff. I haven't watched it yet, my wife watched it and was blown away, but watch it 100%. It. Yeah. Watch it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just. But I haven't inter- I'm super interested in cults because oh my god, everyone, everyone yeah. like, I mean, yeah, well, you hear a cult and you're like, oh, that's crazy, but it's, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, hey, we get saddled all the
0: time in AA as a cult, so I get yeah. it, man.
1: No, no, but well, yeah. that's the thing is you you kind of like break it down, like. At the end of the day, a cult is just even a religion or a certain thing you're doing, kind of is just like a brand in a way that you now associate with. Like, yeah, hey, these cult people, and especially in this example, it's like they're coming from a place of they found people who they can connect with. It's about finding like, mm-hmm. this joy and laughter. They're not harming anyone. They're not doing stuff. Of course, once the <laughs> once it got too big and all this other shit, then it became kind of same thing. The war, the battle of right well, you're different we're different but but heads yeah. but um most cults are not just set up to just be these weird evil things like they're usually a collection of people who finally found peace and being with others yeah. who think a certain way but that's what yeah. we do all the time everywhere like me picking to go to a certain school is because it comes from a certain set of people who from a certain academic and i assimilate the
0: most with these people
1: yeah 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 Yeah. so everything we do is kind of just a cult or a brand or a affiliation and hence i don't know so i'm interested in cults and the criticism no
0: yeah no it's good i mean it really just i feel like it just comes down to this is my tribe these are the people i feel the most Mm -hmm. comfortable with
1: right (laughs) you just don't
0: ever you know nobody ever wants to feel left out right and Mm -hmm. that's what a lot of it comes down to especially like for me just being you know um in programmed now but like growing up it's just I mean still like today I'll have the dumbest fears just pop up
1: mm-hmm.
0: and if my name isn't like in the right spot on an email to our company you mm-hmm. know for a quick and they don't like me as much oh you know my whole life is done I'm gonna lose a mm-hmm. job I'm not gonna have any future everything mm-hmm. is just going up in flames and I'm just like well I have to catch myself I'm like Hans that's just the most irrational <laughs> ridiculous
1: yeah like, no why yeah why are you trying to make this something I know I know that's like so it, I kind of relate to that too. I mean even re- yeah. like even shooting yeah shooting like you're doing a lot of reach out emails for example same thing where you kind of just Like I also get reach out emails from people, and it's like I have no qualms with them as much as it's like, listen, I just don't think this lines up. Like I don't, you're still living your life, and I hope it's great for you. But um, yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, we do the same shit where, you know, we've been trying to grow some of the stuff on Pocket Change, and so we're trying to do some local collaborations or whatever and sometimes people just don't email you back and you're like oh, god i can't ever show my face in that place again Wait, no the rejection no. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i was just talking with a buddy
0: yesterday over lunch about that and he it was in that same boat of learning like a lot of this <laughs> with any business any industry it's it's a percentage game and yeah. you just can't take it personal and mm-hmm. um honestly like I will say for whatever reason, that's one spot that I'm actually fairly balanced in is I don't take it personally when somebody doesn't follow up or Mm -hmm. if they, you know, just ghost me or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a guy yesterday who's in a firm in private equity around here who I reached out to just cold to try to connect with uh for one of our products and he just sent back to you know sent back a simple like no thanks and i was like hey man thank like yeah. <laughs> i appreciate you at least just like sending a no thanks like yeah sad that that's gotten to a point where that's a huge deal and that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's where the bar is at um but yeah it's you know i don't know man it's it really is every day It's just a battling of fears and just keeping those at bay and just trying to think logically and rationally. And for me, like one of the best outlets I have for that is just having good, um, close friends who Mm -hmm. I can reach out to when I do hit some adversity that I don't understand. And a lot of it, I mean, most, you know, I'd say like 90, 95% of all situations, Mm -hmm. I have set the ball rolling somewhere to make something happen Mm -hmm. whether positive or negative but it's when the negative ones happen and sometimes I'm unsure like I don't know my part in this and so it's really helpful to have good friends who will be honest with you and who won't be biased and who won't co-sign your bullshit Mm -hmm. and they'll just say hey look like Did you did you talk about this person behind their back? Yeah, okay. Did they hear about that? Yeah, okay. So you definitely did set this ball rolling. You can see the problem you created. So maybe don't do that and go make an amends to this person for what you did to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set the course right. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that accountability is what really drives me on a day to day. Is like, I'll be honest. Like the worst thing I have to do for like program is make amends Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i fucking hate making them and like just going hat in hand Mm -hmm. telling the person why i was an idiot what i did taking sole responsibility of it telling them i won't do it again god man like i just hate it so much so a lot of my life Mm -hmm. is just trying to find that balance of like okay like be who i am but also at the same time like don't do things you're gonna have to you know regret make amends for later
1: yeah, it yeah, really yeah, helps
0: yeah, so much whether you know whether in person or even online which i mean that's a whole other topic you can go on to yeah, 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 behind yeah. the keyboard and the screen but mm. well,
1: that i feel yeah. like is that's growth right there like there's this whole something i think about a lot is the oh no just like be yourself but the mm-hmm. hard part about being yourself because sometimes that's even a hard thing to just like who am i like <laughs> first there's that yeah. like, but then there's also the <laughs> there's also the but I'm constantly evolving too. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that's a great way of like recognizing a thing (laughs) you fucking hate is making amends, but then also seeing over the past months or years or whatever it's been of, hey, you know what? Maybe I've hit a point now where I recognize how to avoid like avoid situations of doing that again, of needing to make amends, but then also seeing yourself as the person you are now, which is then, Gone, gone through these certain challenges and growths and stuff mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of all just like literally what life is is we just kind of make up shit for us to be str- not like make it up to be struggling with but <laughs> life is just a bunch of shit that just kind of gets thrown at mm-hmm. us and we kind of hold certain weights to them because that's just what we do as, as humans and then as we get past them that's kind of just that fulfillment and growth whether it be the challenge of starting a startup and putting that challenge in front of us or maybe it is Know family or addiction or different things. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of like the beauty of life right there.
0: (laughs) It really is. And I will say the one thing I'd add to that that I've learned is just like um so many times (laughs) when like the points where you get to when maybe you don't like a certain personality trait or like aspect of yourself and you want to change it and you just have tried and tried and tried and just doesn't go away. And Mm there's so many times where I've done that. And, in like 12 step programs, I'll tell you, like, I think it's like step seven, they'll say, like, you know, after you've gone through your four step, fifth step, blah, 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 then you like pray this prayer to like remove all the defects of character from me. Right. Mm -hmm. And at first I used to think like, oh, it's just like some magical thing. Like I pray it and then it's gone. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what I started to realize like, like, I actually have to do something different. And that was like, it's so it's so simple but for me man it just it just was the most mind-boggling thing for me yeah. to think about, like wait a minute i actually have to like put in effort to do something different to actually yeah, yeah, change yeah. The personality traits so i don't do that anymore
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it just i don't know why that one even today is still so difficult to me like even a perfect example with my wife like i am a horrible person when i get woken up in the middle of the night like dude man I just I don't know what it is man I'm just a dick and so I after like snapping at her a couple of times when she wake me up or something and so I got to a point where I was like okay you're right you know what I don't know why I do this but I'm going to figure this out yeah. and I you know promise to you I won't do it again yeah. and through like a lot of work and trying to figure it out and I don't really know what like the underlying point of is uh, like fear whatever it is around it but honestly just got to a point now where when she wakes me up for whatever reason like I'm very calm about it mm-hmm. and I just I'll like one thing I'll do like is just kind of like raise my voice a little bit and like speak a little softer and just like yeah, try to yeah, yeah. be more understanding and patient on that side mm-hmm. um, so it's like those simple little things that I can do to show her, like, look, it's not you. I don't know why I do this, but I'm gonna be better because obviously yeah, yeah. nobody wants to be in a relationship with somebody who you can't wake them up. Yeah,
1: them yeah, He's yeah, yeah. turning into a
0: you know, a Jekyll and Hyde kind of person,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so
1: that, no, that's <laughs> awesome. I feel like that's like exactly it, right? There is just seeing it happen, and then I'm literally imagining you like when she's out of town, like setting alarms at 2 a.m to like practice
0: (laughs) not that going home yet but yeah (laughs) not a bad
1: one glass of milk or some shit
0: (laughs) (laughs) man yeah i'll just keep like a cookie next to me so i can wake up take
1: a bite be happy and then be like all right proceed (laughs)